Come over here, Linnell. <laughs> it's a real blessing to have Linnell right with us today. Uh, Linnell and I did our one-year uh, kind of completion course at Neshota House together. And there were four of us. Uh, there was Linnell, myself, um, a, a man who had, although American, had spent most of his life in France, so French ended up being his first language, and, and a young chap. So we were a bit of a motley crew, as you can imagine. And uh, Linnell and I have stayed in touch. Linnell actually uh, was at seminary. I won't say what age you were when you went to seminary, but let, let's, let <laughs> let's say it was mid to later 60s. And so I think that's an absolutely wonderful uh, way that the Lord tells us that he calls us into ministry indeterminate of our chronological age. because. Uh, then Linnell had a, uh, a wonderful ministry after Katrina came through New Orleans where he had previously owned three McDonald's. That's a whole different story, too long to tell here. Um, but he, um, he, I remember him um, calling up and him saying that he had this old jalopy and he was driving all through the Lower Ninth Ward to pick up children to bring them back into what was actually a gutted out old Walgreens that um, was made into church, the All Souls Church. And then since you will notice that Linnell has a bit of the gift of the gab, um, he was able to go up to a Trinity in New York and release some funds for several of their music programs there. So, um, so it's a real blessing to have him here. He and his wife, Desi, and his grandchildren are here with us as well. They've just come off of a Disney cruise. So um, it's good to have them with us. So Linnell, let's pray. Lord, I thank you for my brother. Lord, I thank you that uh, you have uh, knit our paths together, our families, and that um, you have blessed him uh, to be a blessing. And I pray your grace upon him today as he opens up your word to your children. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable to you, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Today, uh, as everyone knows, with all the red that I see around today, is Pentecost. However, we can't fully understand and come into the Pentecostal spirit without going back a bit. And so today, we're going to go back to Easter and to the Ascension and bring Easter, the Ascension, and Pentecost together. And by doing so, hopefully we'll get a greater understanding of the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, if we go back to Easter, and if you remember how it is that the disciples didn't seem to understand, no matter how often Jesus told them that he must suffer and die and be resurrected on the third day, they didn't get it. And even on Easter morning, when the disciples, according to the Gospels, tells us the disciples were led there, Mary Magdalene had been there, and they didn't quite get it. And, and John and Paul, and John's, ver I mean Peter, were somewhat amazed, and they were afraid. 
go into the upper room with them where they had been and they were uh, demoralized, afraid bunch of disciples. They had the doors locked and they were in fear, not knowing where they're going. Their Lord and Master had been crucified and they didn't understand yet the resurrection. Then if we go into the ascension, we hear the words of Jesus in Luke's gospel. He's saying that I have come to fulfill uh, the law, the prophets, and the Psalms. And until and unless those prophecies are fulfilled, then we cannot, the Holy Spirit cannot yet come. We need to understand that uh, Easter and Pentecost provide the power source or provide the, without Jesus having died and been resurrected, there is the Holy Spirit doesn't come. And so we get into, and, and, and during uh, the ascension period, uh, Jesus told them when he was being ascended back into heaven, he told them, go into Jerusalem and wait for the Spirit. Now, it just so happened that this took on a different meaning for them. As you recall again, when Jesus is ascended, is ascended that there are these two men dressed in white saying, why are you still here and why are you looking? Jesus has gone, but he assured them that when I leave, I will send the one that the Father has promised to you, the one who will be wherever you are and who will go wherever you go and who will abide with you wherever, that I in the flesh, Jesus in his uh, body, could only be with them in one place. But the one that the Father will send will come and he will be with you and he will bring to you power from on high. Uh, he is able to be in all places at all times. So go back to Jerusalem and wait. And that was a different attitude on behalf of the disciples at this time when they were back uh, they were back in the temple and they started to do things and they felt the Spirit of God and they were no longer afraid and locked into a room if they decided that, yes, it is good. And so when we look at it, uh, let's look a little bit at Pentecost from this. Stop and go back to our Jewish history. Stop and remember Moses. Uh, in Judaism, Pentecost occurred 50 days after Passover. And if you remember Moses going up to the mountain and coming down and meeting God and coming down with the law, with the Ten Commandments written on tablets of stone. Well, in this case, Jesus is sending us the Holy Spirit and he, instead of writing the laws on stone tablets, the laws, the love will be written where? On our hearts. Yes. And so 
we look at that and, and, and we look at Pentecost and we think about the strong winds and fire that came on the day of Pentecost. We talk about tongues of fire and how it is that all of those things, that was great power. When we look at how it is that fires are basically untamable. And if you have any questions about that, all you have to do is pay attention to the news a few weeks ago in Southern California, where one spark ignites another and another, and there's rampant fire, and actually, as long as the wind whips it, it's uncontrollable. And you see, so is the Holy Spirit. When the Spirit comes into our lives, it's an untamable, an uncontrollable fire, and we are moved to do things that we otherwise would not and could not do. And it's because of the fact that the Holy Spirit has come and the Holy Spirit abides with us. The Holy Spirit, if you remember from the gospel, he says, the Spirit will lead you. The Spirit will teach you. The Spirit will take you to places oftentimes where we don't want to go. But you know the great thing about the Spirit is that the Spirit takes us oftentimes to places where we want to go. And in this particular instance, the Holy Spirit brought Sarah to you. And I can tell you that's no accident. Uh, if you know Sarah and if you talk with her, you will find that the Spirit, she was led here. When they mention other places for her to go, oh, I don't think I'm being called that way, and I don't think we need to consider that. But then when it came time for the Good Shepherd, the Spirit led her to this place and to this community, and where from all indications, wonderful things are going on. I absolutely experienced God's Holy Spirit among these people with the wonderful smiles and the love that I have experienced here today, says to me, yes, the Spirit lives here at Good Shepherd. Yes? Amen. All right then. Now, and so when we get into these untamable forces, when the Spirit leads you, things happen, don't they? God's Word moves us and the Spirit leads us when we will take the time and listen. Now, you know, some of us have come into this world that we've got minds of our own. We don't want to be surrendering anything. We Episcopalians are really good at that, aren't we? I know what it is that I want to do. But what we have to do and what we learn to do is to get out of ourselves to pray, to stay close to the Scriptures and allow what? The Spirit to lead us. Some of us who are extroverted think the Spirit only comes in these loud ways and wind and fire and stuff, right? But you know, the Spirit comes to us in various ways. Through those who are quiet, God speaks to them also. And the Spirit moves in quietude as well as in fires and loud winds. And if you stop and think about it, stop and go back, if you will. Remember uh, the king Ahab and remember his wonderful wife Jezebel. Remember how it was that Elijah uh, showed God's power, showed those heathen prophets 
who God really was. And Jezebel says he will not, the sun will not go down tomorrow with him being alive. And how he went away. And he, there was great rumblings and an earthquake while he was away, right? But the Spirit finally, when the Spirit came to him, it was quiet. No wind, no fire, no storm, but the Spirit led Elijah to where he needed to be. Led him to safety so that God's prophet was not annihilated by that evil woman Jezebel. Now, when these winds and these fires and these untamable forces rush through a home, a church, or a community, things change. Sisters and brothers, we get out of ourselves and we look to God and saying, show me, lead me, teach me where you would have me go and what you would have us do. And I have a wonderful suspicion that you here at the Church of the Good Shepherd are learning to pray and to be quiet, to allow the Spirit to lead you to where you should go. You see, sometimes if you happen to be a personality like mine that didn't grow up with a lot of patience and, and always thought that I kind of had enough energy and drive to do, whatever, to do whatever. I didn't have many smarts like Sarah, but I, I had lots of energy. And finally, you know, it has taken me so long just to learn to pray. And to wait. And Sarah mentioned a little bit about what happened in the lower ninth ward. Well, what happened there is that God shaped me and taught me things and taught me to be still and to wait on the Spirit. And, you know, I can tell you that when I would get out of that rushing mode and just be prayerful, and I'll tell you about a particular instance that was something that we wanted to accomplish there. We were trying to do and build a community center and a parish. And, you know, I'm sitting around, well, we've got to get this done. And then something happened that I had to wait for a few days. And you know what? A generous benefactor, led by the Holy Spirit, came into our lives to take care of that particular issue. You see, so... Prayer and looking to the Spirit has great values because God promised us what? That I will not leave you and I will not forsake you. But please understand that the Holy Spirit, God doesn't come down and force His way on anybody and into your heart. Peggy, we have to be willing and open and say, Lord, enter. Come into my world. Come into my church. And you have been so blessed uh, with a praying priest. I mean, Sarah is a praying woman, and she absolutely knows about the power of the Holy Spirit. So, in being led, if we will open our hearts and open our minds, be prayerful, Stay close to the Scriptures. 
the Spirit will lead you where you need to go. And the Spirit will continually bless you. The Holy Spirit comes in various ways and times. It's not predictable. Does not operate on our schedule. But the Spirit will always come and the Spirit will lead you when we are willing to be led. led. So what we have to do is to recognize that when we say, Lord, I don't know where I'm going and I don't know what you have for me, but I do know that I trust you. Get out of the business of being in control. Let God lead you. His Spirit will come and lead you to where you want to go. So, stop and look at this. How does a frightened, puzzled, largely uneducated group of men and women transform the world? How is it that on this day when Peter, people were filled with the Holy Spirit and they were detractors were saying, oh, they've had too much wine to drink. They're babbling and gaggling and going on. But, you see, Peter stood up before the crowd. These men and women are not drunk. But they are drunk with the Holy Spirit. God is showing them. And so here, people hear, everybody hearing the voices, hearing the words in their own language. That is the Spirit of God. These Untrained, largely uneducated men and women have transformed the world. Christianity has grown. On that day, the Scriptures tells us that how many came? 3,000 came to be changed. Now stop and think about the power of that. How can you, as a group of believers here in Maitland, at the Church of the Good Shepherd, how can you, change a community, and I understand that this community had been injured. This community was hurt, and it had some bruises and had been battered, disappointed, anger. But you see, when we are willing to let go of that, and it's so apparent to me from those of you who I have met and spoken to, it's so apparent to me. That you got out of the control business and said, Lord, I don't want to be there. Anger takes a lot of energy. But when we can let go and when we can get out of our pridefulness and say, Lord, what would you have me to do? And I ask you in closing, how has the Holy Spirit led you and guided you and brought you to a place of peace, yes, of comfort, of joy. Those are the fruits of the Spirit. That is what we will experience on this Pentecost day and on every day when we can get out of ourselves and say, Lord, show me Transform me, mold me, shape me, imprint on my heart the love that you have for me so that I may be a beacon 
of your love to all of those whose lives I touch. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Amen.